0: hey angels it's amy from the ford's angels podcast and vanessa we're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it
1: and along the way as amy is on this journey we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. And let's get to it.
0: Hi, angels. Welcome back to Body Reclamation. I think we're on number nine, eight, nine, something Uh, like that, right? (laughs) Whatever we're on, we're on, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) yes Yes. fun times um pretty sure pretty sure it's eight or seven or eight i don't oh i may have i don't know it doesn't matter we are here again to talk to you about some body reclamation topics this week's topic is going to be something that um, we do in two episodes because we're going to talk about the overarching sense of movement a physical movement and then Next week, we're going to talk about it with the myopic. We're going to go myopic and do it through the lens of having a chronic illness, whatever that may be. And, and really talk about the challenges that, that we face for those of us with a chronic illness, especially that has pain or limited energy um, or limited just anything um, and, and how maybe we can introduce movement into our lives at different levels depending on your pain pain level um and to try to really kind of integrate that so first up movement in the body we all know that our body was made to move we've been given joints we've been given muscles and tendons and and this the skeletal structure and it's really designed to move. I mean, I am not a physiotherapist. I am not, but I've done enough PT in my lifetime. I've done, you know, I, Vanessa, you were a sports buff. You know, you've, you've Mm -hmm. done the sports thing and um, we've both been a cheerleader and, you know, we both done gym time and
1: we both have our damage from being a cheerleader.
0: Yes. I'm telling you, cheerleaders, you need to have chiropractic services day one. <laughs> yeah. my, neck, my neck is curved the wrong way because of cheerleading. Yeah. <laughs> and some headbanging, I will say.
1: That contributed yeah. to me too. I um, totally forgot about that till you said it. Yeah, <laughs> A lot of that movement that probably isn't great for us. Anyways,
0: yeah. <laughs> chronic whiplash through high school. Yeah,
1: like oh to be young and think that your body was not you know was not going to ever break down.
0: And I wondered why my <laughs> neck hurt so bad after every school dance. So yeah, because um, oh. I was
1: creating trauma,
0: <laughs> and then I had people standing on it. <laughs>
1: yeah Fun time. while it was still trying to grow and form yes. into yeah human body adult body good times <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know so much of us when you say about physical movement um or exercise your first thought is what go to the gym gym, gym time absolutely. running treadmills weights you know nautilus machines every you know most of the time 99% of the time that's what people are going to think about yes um and I think when you talk about the body and you talk about a person who maybe is body challenged whatever it is maybe you're a you are of a large size or maybe you're of a smaller size and you're wanting to gain weight because honey there I had someone talked to me about, you know, being on the other end of that spectrum, a person who's very thin and, and she's like, I can't gain weight. I can't do it. I've tried. The doctors have, we have done everything. I have upped my calorie intake. I have done, I cannot gain weight. So there are people of both ends of the spectrum.
1: Yeah.
0: And I can speak from the spectrum of, you know, being of size and I can't speak from the spectrum of being super thin and not being able to gain weight because that's not where I'm at. But I think everybody struggles when they think of, oh, I have to go to the gym. The gym is the answer because when when you're dealing with your body image, and the first two things people tell you, especially doctors, are diet and exercise, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's just generally what they tell you. Oh, you just need to exercise more. Oh, you just need to, um, you just need to, you know, work out more or eat less. And, you know, they just, it's always the answer. And it's not because we all have our own personal relationship with physical exercise, right? And mine was, physical exercise was never anything that I did. It was not part of my life. It was not part of my mom's life. It was not part of... You know, she grew up on a farm. I, too, grew up on that same farm. Your physical exercise was throwing hay bales and, like, milking cows and, like, doing (laughs) functional shit. And it wasn't gym time. There was no such thing as a gym.
1: (laughs) You know? Outside is your gym. Yes. But work is your gym.
0: (laughs) And your cardio was running away from, like, a bull or something. Like, that was never, it, it was never, you know, it's...
1: Yeah.
0: It was never... (laughs) <laughs> you're going to go to the gym and it was never introduced into my life. And I remember as a kid, when I had gym class in elementary school, like I couldn't do anything. I, I had no strength. I had no upper body strength. Like when they were like, Oh yeah, we're going to climb the rope today. I'm like, Fuck,
1: Ugh, I hate the rope.
0: I never could do it. I could never get past the first. I couldn't pull myself up. Like I never had like, that strength. And so I failed everything. Like I didn't fail gym because I tried, but I never was able to achieve anything. Gymnastics, no, nothing, nothing. Like gym was just never something I could ever do in a way that was successful. And so, you know, that's kind of when I first started to realize that my body was different. You know, I mean, I had kids tease me throughout school and I knew that it was different in a way of like, I'm over, I'm, they teased me for being overweight, but I never realized there's a whole nother level of body shaming and body dysmorphia when you don't have the physical strength to do the things that everybody else does naturally easily. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, and so when I signed on to that diet culture and that exercise culture, it was like, okay, every time like I felt overweight, I get this sense of like, oh my God, okay, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym because I got to, I got to get this weight off. I got to do it now. It's, it's a quick fix. Like, it's like almost this panic of like, if I go to the gym and work out really hard, I'll lose all the weight. Mm-hmm. And, and it never worked that way for me. It's never my body makeup. It's never go to the gym. You're going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. My body chemistry, before RA, was always, if you go to the gym and you work out, you're going to pack on muscle. I was always, like my body always just wanted more muscle. It never really, and so, and because the exchange of body fat to muscle, the fat to muscle, muscle is so much more dense. So I never really saw the scale go in the right direction unless I was consistent for like a year. And then I started to see the scale kind of, come back, you know, kind of really go the way that, that I wanted to, because in the beginning I would see it go up and I get pissed and I get discouraged and I get mad because all my muscles were like, Woo-hoo, we're doing it. And, and they were yeah. like growing and being stronger. And then all of a sudden I'd get pissed and I quit and I never stayed long enough to see the results of it. Because right. when people go to the gym out of that panic of thinking I'm overweight or I've gained weight or the doctor says I need to, we look at it as a quick fix if I do cardio, if I do this for like six months, I'll be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not about throwing exercise at your body and seeing if it's going to work, because your body, it's made to move all the time. Mm. And so when somebody tells you, you need to do exercise, I, I, I think the best way that I feel that I had to deal with it was, what can I do other than going to a gym? You know, even even as a younger kid, as a teenager, I love to dance. I mean, you, Vanessa, you, know, our friend Stacy, and I, see, my friend Stacy used to live with me. So every, you know, mm-hmm. so what we would do is we we'd have like we'd put on the music and we'd dance in my living room, like we'd have dance parties, and I would yeah. probably burn more calories doing that Absolutely. than I would going to the gym.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, you're moving your muscles in so many different ways than the, rep- the repetitive one muscle at a time movement that yeah. happen at the gym.
0: And my thighs would just <laughs> burn for days. Um, and so I, I just, it's so hard. So because yes, last night I was thinking about this in bed and I was laying there and I was like, because I have decided in my journey and let's bring it back to that to, to, to find context and why I'm sharing this. As I realized that my, my lungs are getting a little bit deconditioned. My heart's already been deconditioned because of the RA and I've decided that I need to add movement to my life. And my first initial thought into adding movement is like, let's do the hardest and most like caloric burning thing I can do or like, let's go to like level three, you know, of of the whatever at home series that I do. Cause I'm not going to go to the gym right now. COVID no thanks. Um, but I have all of these work from home workout things that I used to do. And, and I'm like, let's start at like level four. And I'm like, girl, you haven't done it this for like, I don't know, a couple of years, like six or seven. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really sure that's a good idea. And it's about, and my mindset too, because that's everything for me. Mindset is everything. And when I'm sitting here and I'm in bed thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, let's do this and let's do that. And we can do this and we can do that. And it's like, I'm in this panic stage and I'm like, okay, nope, girl, this is not where we're going to start this journey. And I'm like, nope, we're going to have to work on this intent, like the intention of it the energy behind why I'm doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so as I'm sitting there last night, therapying myself while I'm trying to go to sleep, I was like, okay, so right now we're in this panic stage. We're in this panic energy because, you know, it, it we're, we're breathing a little heavy. We're, you know, we're not moving as easily. There's some extra pain involved. You know, there's some things happening. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a panic to fall into that old habit of throw the gym at your body and see if it's going to make it work. Yeah. And I realized is that my, and, and this is, you know, something we'll talk about in the chronic illness one, but my brain, my able body brain wants, thinks it can go to level four.
1: Yeah.
0: But it doesn't realize that all this time that we've spent, Working from home on the computer, how much it's weakened my body. Like I, my muscles atrophy
1: quickly. We're also getting older. Yeah, at at twenty two years old, (laughs) we could handle going to level four and dealing with the pain that it took to be comfortable at level four. Yeah, in our forties, our body's like. Absolutely not <laughs> like you know what I'm like just absolutely not. we are going to fall apart if you even attempt this because of age in addition to whatever else we've done to it in the last 20 years. Take that really I mean I feel like that was a moment to be able to take that into consideration of like there's so many things that are different from the our brain is speaking on remembrance, right? Like I'm thinking about level four because I've done level four. I know up here that I can do it, have done it. (laughs) Why not start there so that I don't have to go through one through three. And then we come in with our logical brain to smash our hopes and dreams by saying, no, you cannot do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) Sounds crappy. admitting,
0: (laughs) Admitting, you know, that, you know, you may need to start smaller. And, and build up. And, you know, it's very hard. It's hard to fight that just in age and the idea of the age, but it's also doubly hard, I think, to fight that in, in, in a disabled versus able bodied person because I, you know, I, whenever I do exercise or I have done a modicum amount of exercise, what I have to do to maintain that muscle mass is so big and so great that I almost don't want to take it. Like for me, it's like, I I know when I stop doing anything, my muscles just atrophy nearly overnight. Mm -hmm. And so for, and let's just talk about it in a general sense. So let's redefine movement. It isn't, doesn't always have to be exercise. It doesn't always have to be workout videos. It doesn't always have to be like go to the gym and push, pull. And, you know, well, it doesn't always have to be
1: about weight loss. You know, I think that that's, that's the, the intention that we try to set. Like when I have clients that are in the, in the kind of space of this is like, well, let's not think of it as weight loss. Let's think of it in whatever way you can connect to it. You know, can you connect to your heart pumping? And so that becomes the thing that you concentrate on while you're doing it of like, you know, I, you know, maybe you, you have had heart problems or you're afraid of heart problems, there's heart disease in your family. So we'll zone in on like, okay, so we're going to do some heart rate stuff. We care about our heart. We don't care about our body shape right now. We care about our heart. So what's good for our heart? What kind of you know, thing is good for our hearts. If somebody had an ankle surgery and they're trying to figure out how to move again like that, okay, well, what's good for your ankle? What are good things for strengthening your ankle, right? And moving there, because what we need to do is get out of the mindset that we move our bodies in order to lose weight, because losing weight is where health is. We are healthy by taking care of our body parts, (laughs) And each part of our body, if we, whatever we start with, we are eventually going to end up. And this is what I tell people is you're eventually going to end up in a very different place than you start when you keep with it, but you'll never end up there. If we don't find what you, you know, what path you can actually take, what is a reasonable path to take in order to do this. I have a family member who um, went through uh, like a big cancer event somebody who's older too so you know cancer event big surgery older couldn't walk literally couldn't walk and integrating movement into their life was like felt impossible once it was time to do that and it started it had nothing to do with weight loss whatsoever it started with wanting to move you know feeling like i don't ever want to not be able to walk again that holy shit I, and i'm not kidding you it started with laps in the driveway <laughs> yeah. of that's the yeah. movement that i can do i can count how many times i and she's very competitive so she was competing with herself of how how quickly or how soon or whatever how, when can I get to 10 laps in the driveway back and forth? They have a you know regular size driveway. So it's not like, you know, a, a driveway of a dirt road that I used to live on. <laughs> it might be a quarter mile. <laughs> it's like a regular suburban driveway <laughs> and starting there, you know, and once, once they got to that, you know, a certain point, it was like, I'm going to go this, it started with like trying to get around the block. And, you know, that becoming the movement until, you know, there was a lot of laps around the block, but it took about a year, but the movement wasn't about losing weight and losing weight did happen. You know, it you, you can't not, <laughs> you know, like add all of this exercise in your body isn't going to change, but because that wasn't the motivation, it was much easier for the connection to movement to happen. And so when we take it away from the shame and the oh, you have to do this because you've been so bad and your body sucks now, you know, like you have to undo all the terrible things that you did. That's there's zero mode. Like that's, that's punishment, shitty motivation. Exactly. That's, that is punishment. I now am punishing myself because I went overboard. Now I have to go do something that I clearly don't want to do, or I'd been doing it this whole time. Right. What do we, what do we like to do? How do we add in some things that, that, make more sense when you think about dancing right so if i have somebody who can't like dance dance right because maybe some body parts of just don't work the same what kind of things can we do can we hula can we you know do some you know interpretive dance that maybe is funny right like <laughs> but you're still moving you know like <laughs> stuff like that, like to really just ease into the idea that movement is about whatever the achievement in our body parts is not our body shape. Absolutely.
0: Um, and I think that that's, and that's such a, like, I just want to be like, okay, and we're done for the day. Um, (laughs) because it's, I I don't even want to add more to it because it's such an important thing by itself to, to that motivating factor is like you know why it's why i don't want to go in with the idea of oh my gosh you know i'm 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 heavy so this this and this you know yes part of my motivating factor is i want my lungs and my heart to be healthy i i don't i don't want to lose continually decondition because that's you know I'm a Gemini and our, and the, with the weakest areas is our lungs. And I don't want to lose function of that. You know, I've, I've done enough damage to them by smoking for quite a few years, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, I, I I am, that is part of my motivating factor. It's not, I realize, you know, while the panic was there about the weight, it was more about the idea of my heart and my lungs not working properly and me mm-hmm. falling into some sort of heart disease or lung disease. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to come at it from a fear standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to take a step back and say, you know, and be in that frame of mind of just having gratitude that I have functioning heart and mm-hmm. that my lungs continue to get healthy and my heart continue to get healthy as I continue to support them in health. nurturing. Yeah. I, I, I had, I have to switch that thought from fear to gratitude because I don't want to also be in fear because you, you get your reality is what you see, what you think, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be my reality. So I want my reality to be, have a healthy heart, healthy lungs that'll support me in like walking, hiking, like, you know, being able to manage a store. And, excuse me, and not feel like I, um, I'm like wheezing a lot. And I know part of it has to do with mask, the mask and me, you know, wearing it a lot because I'm in the store because it's still a mandate up here and I yeah. will not wear my mask. So, um, yeah. and part of that is having to, you're, you're rebreathing some of that. And so I try not to put myself in situations where I'm constantly in the mask, um, but at the same time, it's, you know, I know movement's important. Like one of my old physical therapists used to tell me once a day, all the way, and it's, it's moving your joints once a day, all the way. Like, you know, if, if your arm, you know, it, you have an elbow moving your elbow, like just, you know, (laughs) your shoulders, putting your arms up and being like, okay, It's, it's even your hands. Like you know, making sure you're moving the, the knuckles of your hands and oh, any no. joint that you have, it's bending over, standing up once a day, all the way. Like it's, it's that sense I love that. of that, you know, make sure. And, you know, and to be honest, you know, when I first, when I first got, got into this physical chronic illness, my, that's what my, the, the advice from my aunt Mimi was you have to keep going. You cannot stop. And I know exactly what she means. If you stop, the, the, the liquid doesn't get to your joints. Your joints become to get to be locked into position. They're not, move, they don't move as easy as they used to. So the right. minute you stop moving, you begin this slow degradation of process of your, your body just not working as well as it did because you've stopped the natural flow of fluid
1: to each joint. Right, and then what happens mentally? You feel like you cannot. You have now. You're gone. You're past the point of being able to. So you now will not. <laughs> right, and that's like that's the other part of that movement thing that that it it is hard to combat. I mean, I I know it's hard to combat because I don't like to work out. I like to play sports. I like to be tricked into any kind of exercise. I really do not enjoy exercise as a point. Like I I have to have that trickery. But there is also that idea that I am very good at stopping because it's hard. (laughs) I am very good at making excuses for why I can't do something. (laughs) Oh, I, I screwed up my shoulder. And now that my shoulder doesn't work that way. Like, yeah, well, if you don't move that shoulder, it's not going to move at all, dude. So you have to push through the pain and, and do you have to do it, you know? And, and so when you say that, it's like, It becomes easy when we get into that pain state to think, well, if I'm causing myself more pain by moving, then I shouldn't do it. I can't do it. And just throw your hands up into the air and say, I cannot, it's what has happened to my body now. And it's wrong to push it further because it's going to be more pain or it's going to injure me further or whatever excuse comes up that feels like it excuses you from that activity. And I really do say that from my heart, soul and self. I know that I do that. (laughs) And I know that it's a thing that I have to push past that sometimes things are hard, but they're not going to be hard forever. Unless I don't do them.
0: (laughs) There are days that I will do that exact thing. And I will just make an excuse and then I will suffer continuously. Whereas if I know that if I have a day of rest that I'm not really moving much, If, if I get up and just deal with some discomfort the next day and to really move, like do, more, you know, clean the house is is movement, you know, vacuuming is movement, like, you know, things, you know, and I just do the things and, and stay on my feet and move, you know, I will feel better for it after
1: then. Or eventually we don't like the eventually, like that short-term pain doesn't feel worth it when you think of the long-term because it takes a long time for it to get there sometimes
0: (laughs) sometimes it does and you know and yeah but trust me I know um but at the same time is that I would rather reach that other end of it because I've been in the pain of not becomes far greater than the pain you experience just waiting for eventually or at some point you know it's it's just because it, it the It's like, I, it's like, you know, we say it's like, it's, it's being the victim or the victor of, you know, of, of the situation. It's like being the victor may be that you have to endure some pain for quite a bit and then it'll ease up and then it'll start to function properly when you become the victim and sit in it and not push yourself a little bit. Sometimes what'll happen is, is that you emotionally become the victim as well. And you emotionally start to go through that process. And I'm not saying that's bad. And I'm not judging either side of that because I've been on both sides and I've been in, in, in spaces where the pain was just far too great for me to do anything. And I get that and I understand it. So I'm not judging either side of that, but our bodies are made to move. Our bodies are made to be able to, move forward and, you know, and to have physical movement. And I think when you're thinking about movement as far as, and and let's bring it back to being overweight. Okay. Let's bring it back to the idea of, okay. So you feel like it would be healthy for you to just to, to maybe take off a few pounds. Maybe you, maybe you want to, because you, you know, that it's contributing to some other physical issue and, and you're decided that, It's not that you hate your body. It's just you want your body to be a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. You have to find the mindset. You have to find the right mindset. Are you doing it from a state of rejection? You're rejecting your body. Or like, even if you say, oh, I got to whip this body into shape. That's a rejection.
1: Yeah, absolutely. when,
0: When you're rejecting your body's ability and where it's at, because you're angry at it or you're in fear. That's not where you, the mindset you need to come from. You need to, if you can come from a space, a true space and, and look at your body and be like, wow, okay. Wow. My body functions so good considering, you know, I feel sometimes I'm not as healthy and that I know that if I just, maybe let's try to take off two pounds because maybe it would make me feel better. Or maybe, you know, that would help me feel healthier. When you come from a total acceptance and even if going to the gym and you decide gym is your thing or dancing is your thing or yoga is your thing or whatever it is, is your thing. If you come out of it weighing more, that you're not triggered by that. And you're like, okay, you know what? This is the part where I gain weight because I'm moving my muscles and my muscles are growing and I'm adding muscles to it. So this is the good part because if I gain it here, I'll have a good foundation later and I'll feel better.
1: Yeah. I mean, weight weight is a tricky thing. It is. I used to have a post-up. I, I, I must've taken it down because I haven't seen it in a while, but I used to have a post-up of me um, before I got pregnant with my daughter and me after I had her. And I weighed exactly the same. I weighed 155 pounds in each, each picture. The first picture, I was in the best shape of my life. I had almost abs, <laughs> right? Like, And you could see the definition of muscle. I weighed 155 pounds. And in the other one, I'm very soft and squishy because I was pregnant and I wasn't working out. And I weighed 155 pounds. Weight is not a good factor. It, it's It's, I mean, it is just meant it's a mind fuck it is mentally like the one of the worst things that we can do for for that journey because of how obsessive we become and what it what it triggers in our brains when we see those changes both positive and negative right because if we see a a drop and then a gain That does something to us, even if we try to rationalize it and go, "Oh yeah, I mean that happens." It still does something to us emotionally that makes it feel like what we're doing isn't working. And so, I I mean, I I have scales in my house. It's not that I don't that I I don't use them or whatever, but it takes a long time, I think, for some of us to get into that mindset of what healthy weight looks like on our bodies what our bodies look like on that weight, you know? So when you pick a goal weight of 155, you could achieve that through, and these are methods I wouldn't recommend, but you know, you can achieve that through calorie cutting and, you know, using diuretics and all the negative things that people do, but you will not have a healthy body at 155. You will not look the way that you want to look because what you're going for is a healthy body that is able with muscles that are strong that can carry you around that you can pick things up that you know like you're looking for the strength that comes with it not just the look on the scale right. of the numbers and right. so i really yeah i do i do work with people on that too of like we're not going to step on the scale for a while they do that in those shows too right like those shows that i love so much like we're not we're going to step on the scale maybe once a week or once a month depending on the journey because that needs to be out of your head. You're not in a space right now where you can look at that number objectively and calculate it in terms of, I want to work out my thighs more because I feel like they're not strong, or I feel like my knees are being pulled. So I need to, I need to work on my hamstrings or, you know, whatever body scan we can do without having to look at that number and let that trigger happen. I mean, there's, that's, a major trigger for me, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with people for that reason, because it's so, it's like everything. It's so relative. My 155 body looks different than another woman's 155 body. Yep.
0: Yep. And that's, I don't own a scale. I gave up the scale thing a long time ago um, because I don't, I, I'm just, the scales number is your relative gravity to earth. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's nothing is nothing is no attachment to anything. There's no attachment to who you are as a person. There's no attachment to your weight. There's no attachment to your value. There is no attachment other than your relative to gravity. Like you're like, that's all it is. Nothing. And so what I do and what I find that I do is that I don't know my weight until I go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and then I'm triggered and then I get triggered and then I fall into that space. But I always say, and I always feel like situational is important because if I'm in that situation and I'm being triggered once every six months, then it gives me the space to practice what I've been working on to saying, to seeing the number and to saying, Oh, okay. That's a, that's a number. And, mm-hmm. you know, and to really stepping into the idea of. Um, it doesn't, it has no value other than your relative weight to yeah. gravity. Like there's, and it's, it's hard because my brain does want to go, okay, we need to take out all the processed foods out of our house. And we need to like, you know, we want to go like fucking ape shit about it. And I'm like, girl, this is not what we do. We this is, this is not who we are. What are you doing? Your yeah. body is still a wonderful, glorious thing that carts you, carries you and your soul around and does what you ask it to do despite everything. So it has no... There's no fixing something here. There's nothing broken. What's broken is your relationship with your body. Yeah. And, and there's nothing, and it has nothing to do with weight. And it has, and so it's like, I get to practice that healing moment every single time I see that scale number of, okay, here's another moment. I get to practice loving myself and learning how to stand up for my body. Because, to be honest, if I want to blame somebody, or if I want to be mad, or if I want to be, like, all crazy about it, I'm the one who chose what to feed my body. Yeah. I'm the one who chose not to move my body. For various valid reasons, but it's not my body's fault that it's reacting in this way to its environment.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think your doctor would let you not look when you're on the scale?
0: Um, probably. Um, if I if I said something, but I also use it as an under because I know I I sometimes want to know the number because I also want to know, I have a thing and a thought process when it comes to having artificial joints.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, and like my ankle's been hurting lately, and like I, I'm like, okay, the 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 size of me matters when it comes to that type of health, mm-hmm. and I worry that I will need a future replacements of my replacements mm-hmm. because of the weight of my, on my physical frame. Mm-hmm. So it makes me realistic to, oh okay, so uh, I gained five pounds this last time I went to the doctors. I'm like, oh, that may contribute to why my ankles are hurting. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. I get, I get why it's not just something that's coming. It's because there's a little bit extra weight on my frame, but it's understanding it through a very logical sense versus an emotional sense. And so I have to struggle through the emotions first and then get to the That's probably why my hips have been hurting or my knees hurt a little bit is because of that. I get it. Okay. That makes more sense. And then go to the idea of, okay, body, you're gaining some weight. So you're feeling unsafe, or maybe there's, there's something I'm not giving you nutritiously that, that you need. And, and so then it it opens up the opportunity for me to go, okay, I need to go reconnect with my body and find out what it needs in this special spectrum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that's how I got to the idea of movement. That's, this is how, that that's the train. That's the train <laughs> process is that's I came down and, and I kind of got triggered and I kind of reined myself in emotionally and said, it's not my body's fault for this. And I said, okay, you're right you're right and then i sat and thought how does that 5 pounds affects me physically my physical body what is it doing okay it's putting more weight on my ankles which is why i'm not walking well and then it's also you know it's it's making my knees turn in so my knees are painful and i'm like okay i see but then i also go to what do i need emotionally here because i've gained some weight am i not yeah. saying where where emotionally am i not okay so it gives me because I've done enough work to climb out of that trigger and not go react to it, go crazy and say, okay, what does my body need? Why, where am I not feeling safe because I've gained weight and what is it doing to my physical body and come to the idea of what, what can we do to help mitigate some of the effects of the body? So one of the, the, the effects is like, I need to gain strength. And for, so I can walk better, so it doesn't hurt so much. So that's led me to go, okay. What do we feel? And just bringing up the topic of what about physical movement? What about the idea of gaining some maybe PT moves, like stuff you did in PT? Like, could we incorporate some of that day to day in order to build your strength? Because it's not technically exercise right in my brain it is but in my brain yes. physical therapy is a medical process in order to help strengthen your body for it to be at its maximum it's not just mm-hmm. going to the gym and walking on the treadmill and lifting weights
1: right which ideally we're going to the gym with the same thought process that we go to the pt with <laughs> but it takes a lot of that reprogramming yeah and the reason why i asked you about the doctor's office was for two th- for two things one, because I think that that's a viable option for people who aren't in a good space, right? It's just, I'm, I'm on a journey and I don't want to look at it. Let me look the other way because also at the doctor's office, what are they going to do with that number anyway? Probably shame us. So (laughs) screw you guys. I'm not going to go through that twice, but also to hear that perspective that you put out there of like there, we have the choice to have a different emotional response, to that experience that we can, we can feel our initial, whatever is going to happen, but we can choose other emotions to add in there so that we can balance it out and turn it, you know, turn it on its head a little bit so that it isn't just that shame and that self-flagellation and that punishment mindset that can happen when we see a number that we don't want, you know, um, And I think that that's important for people to, I mean, we've been talking about the scale and talking about whatever, but I think, you know, that certain situation is one that we all face because we all, I mean, we all should be going to the doctor at least once a year just to, you know, get, get some of that, that care that we need and be up on top of anything. If anything is is going wrong with our bodies, that isn't giving us outward symptoms, but um, yeah. So like, in that once a year or a couple times a year, what mindsets can we choose to go in there with? Like, no matter what the number on the scale, I'm here for a body scan. I'm here to figure out, like, hey, if that number has changed, I'm going to think about what it's done to my body and use that as like nurturing. I want to nurture my body back to less pain. I want to nurture my body into a different state because I don't like you know, what's what I'm feeling in my joints and in my everything. Um, so yeah, I, I really wanted to kind of highlight that of both of those things. Like if you're listening to this and that situation was a trigger, it's like, please listen to what we're saying. If it's too much of a trigger and you're not in a good place, tell them you're not looking and that's it. And if that doctor cannot support you, that is not a good doctor. And if you're a doctor listening to this, please support your patients. That are going through a process like this. Um, but then, you know, there is that emotional work of, okay. And what, what, what mindset can I switch this to?
0: And understand that it's not, it's not, I've been dealing with this trigger for mm, probably 30 something years. And it wasn't until I learned neutral observer. It wasn't until I went through a couple of the other processes that I realized, I could work this trigger through. I could not let it go down the road of self-flagellation and and that type of energy. But I want to just absolutely, you know, support Vanessa's, what she said about you have the right. There was a time that I said, I don't want to know that number. Could you please, like, can I get on the scale backwards? Could you please put a sticky over it until I've walked away or until I've turned around. I don't want to know that number because it will trigger me. You have every right to say that. And if you are a physician and you are a doctor who is listening, don't you dare (laughs) shame your patient and telling them that the solution to their illness is weight loss. I have, did you share that post on
1: Facebook that I'm about to talk about? But that was very vague. And you may not know what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) I, I, I don't know, but I've
1: shared it on Instagram.
0: It's don't, I'm sorry. No, don't you fucking dare do it because you basically are taking the easy way out of your job and you're blaming the patient for being and having an illness. There are people who probably die because you refuse to do the work you are trained to do. You just put it to the idea of fucking weight. It is not, I, I may not be skinny, but for the longest time, even post RA, my, my blood work, everything, my workup, my everything was completely normal. If you didn't know I was overweight, you would think I was a healthy person. So you can't fucking tell me that my weight contributed to everything else. Like, because it wasn't yeah. my illness that showed up later came from a whole different thing. It didn't come from me being overweight. And mm-hmm. I, and it just, that is a trigger for me a, <laughs> because yeah. It is a big trigger for me because so many people do not get proper care because they're overweight, because they're fat shamed. And it makes me so angry. Every time a doctor will come in and tell me you need to lose weight, or it would be good if you lost a few pounds. And I go, oh my God, thank you. I never fucking would have known that had you not told me. I do it. And they get, they look at me shocked because I'm rebuffing them because I'm fucking tired of that. I'm tired of it. I will go in to new doctors and I will tell them, do not tell me to lose weight. Do not talk about my weight as the reason for this issue, because it is not the reason for this issue. My weight is the result of something. It is not the the reason this happened because it would have happened fucking 20, 30 years ago if that was the case. Right. Right. It's not like I just got fat all of a sudden, uh,
1: right. so
0: I get very angry, and I'm sorry for yelling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I was like, "Let it out, girl!" <laughs> it needs so, to come out. <laughs> I am
0: so I get so triggered, and my endocrinologist, yeah. because of the diabetes, and by the way, the diabetes had nothing to fucking do with my freaking fatness. The diabetes had to do with the availability of a candy dish where I used to work and the anger at the person I used to work with. I was so angry at her and so mad because I felt overworked and put upon and not appreciated. And that anger took the sweetness out of my life, which then again caused the diabetes, which is why I'm diabetic now. So it's like, it had nothing to do with me being overweight. It showed up because I manifested it. It's like, yeah. Cause I was yeah. angry and eating candy. Like it was going on a style because when I'm angry or I'm upset, I go look for something that makes me calm. and makes it okay. And that generally is candy.
1: Well, and it makes sense. If you've lost the sweetness, you're going to eat the sweetness. I mean, it's pretty so- much replace, <laughs> replace what's missing. So- <laughs> pretty simple. So- our brains are, our brains are very simple sometimes. <laughs> But no, there was, there was a post that was put up, maybe it was in one of my mom groups. And it was really like, it was a story that somebody had written about themselves about exactly that going in and the doctor just literally saying all of your problems are because you're overweight. And she's like, I worked my ass off to become thin. And when I became thin and still had the same problems, they gave me an MRI and found out what was wrong with me. And then I am pretty sure she had to have like something operated on and taken out. And the whole point of it was that anger of like, if you had given me an MRI as a fat person, (laughs) you would have found this problem beforehand. I wouldn't have had to go through all of this the way that I had to go through it in order to get your attention. That what was wrong with me was something wrong with me that it had nothing to do with my weight. And I mean, when I saw that, I was like, brilliant. Like it really is brilliant because are there things we know? Like, yes, we know we've been talking about them. When we put on weight, we put, we know that we mess up our joints. We get that, but that is a very direct cause and effect. So many things that go on inside of our bodies are not direct cause and effect. There's a lot of cumulative There's a lot of energy stuff that we know to be true. There's, you know, lifetimes of chronic stress that unless a doctor really understands what we're going through, which they don't because they're not psychiatrists, they don't understand, hey, I've had elevated of this, this, and this hormone. And that has been wreaking havoc on my insides for 25 years. That I'm sure has something to do with, Maybe thyroid function or my muscles not retaining exercise and do it. You know, I mean, there's so many things that happen to our bodies, but if a doctor is not going to listen and try to think of root cause instead, you know, blame symptom, we're going to have more stories like that of people whose lives could be saved if a doctor would look through the, you know, the lens of body like function versus what it looks like on the outside because that story to me that's that was that told me the whole thing of yeah you know that it happened she did exactly what that doctor said to do and oh look at that it didn't solve all my problems it just made you care about me that sucks that should never be a thing
0: yep you're yep And, and like, even, even my endocrinologist was really afraid to talk to me. And I said, and, and she, you know, she was really hesitant to talk to me about, you know, some movement and and whatever. And I said, and, but she thankfully waited until I brought up the subject of, yes, I'm working through the process of considering like movement and what that looks like and how that feels and whatever. She's like, oh, good. She says, you know, she says I just I just wanted to share it in case you don't know but you know there's chair yoga and it and it's supportive and it gives you the same she's like it's it's really cool and really good for people that that don't necessarily can't do yoga yoga like get on the floor and do all that stuff and mm-hmm. and I said yep I've done it for years thanks but mm-hmm. but it was like she just that's all she said she didn't yeah. say you know she didn't she I opened the door because I knew and you know so it was just, it's, it's just hard. It's hard. We know the issues and, and we live in our bodies. It's not like we don't and you can't. And I'm, I'm really, it'll be interesting to see my rheumatologist in December about how that's going to go down. Yeah. And, you know, but one of the things I think he'll lead me to, which is why I chose him was nutrition he looks at helping cure disease through food and how to do that and how, you know, and getting insight in that way so that when I'm at that stage, when I'm working on my nutrition, that I can do it not as a way of eating less calories, but in a way of how do I support my body in the way that it digests food now?
1: Well, and with movement, right? Because yeah. with movement, our, our, our diet matters with our movement too. You know what we're eating. If we're burning off literally just what we're eating, we're not. You know, we're not quite getting at what, what we're trying to get at. You know, there's there. I mean, there's there's a lot to this, and I get that this is why it it becomes overwhelming and difficult for people. But the reality being that it's important for our quality of life to be able to examine this kind of stuff openly, honestly. Which honestly, I think is probably the hard part of it because. None of us likes to none of us likes to do the evaluation and come up with the, you know, that that meme where they where where Freddie from scooby doo is like, let's see who's sabotaging and yes. him. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody I love that. That. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we don't like that idea, but we it doesn't have to be that way. Like it right. can be like a very it can be skimmed over. Like, yeah, I know I did this to myself. Like I get it. Like I get the, that 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 because of what I was feeling, I did not take care of my body. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to nurture that child, that that wounded child that clearly didn't learn what needed to be learned of safety or whatever. And um, we're just going to do things differently. We're going to reparent that and just do things differently going forward. It doesn't have to be a big, a big, you know, lay on the sword and, and you know, bleed all over the place. It really can just be Like, okay, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make changes that are realistic for me. And I'm going to learn patience and I'm going to learn instant gratification as not applicable to a journey like this (laughs) and, and and to go forth in enjoyment, you know, and go forth in it as a nurturing journey of a nurturing of joints and nurturing of. Of muscles and nurturing of tendons and, you know, allowing that to be something that is, um, an act of caring versus right. an act of, um, you know, shame and guilt
0: or anger and punishment, anger. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Coming and, and, and just seeing, seeing your body as as the vessel that, and understanding that I mean, when I like going back to when I was confronted by those pictures and to be able to have compassion for it, I think is what's helped me and led me to be, to feel the ability to talk myself out of my trigger and to also stand up for my body. When I'm wanting to go, my brain wants to go hell bent on shaming it and to stand up for it and say, no wait, no wait, I don't think this is irrelevant. This is doesn't apply here. And to be able to say, wow. I'm not, I'm not supporting my body in the way that it needs me to. And with physical movement, how can I do that? How can I do that? From a space of compassion and a space of just that sense of like, oh, like if you see a person on the street who's not getting fed and who's skinny and then starving, what is your inclination? You want to feed that person and you want to help them and you want to take care of them. And so not that I look at my body like a homeless person on the street, but <laughs> I try to instill in myself, how, how can I help this body? And in all ways, in all ways, like, you know, from movement to, you know, having, dealing with chronic pain through massage. Like when I was doing massage once a month, that was that was the bandwidth I had at that moment to take care of my body. Now let's, I need to step into another level of that and and Mm -hmm. to really see, okay, how can I help nurture it? Even if it's just, and and I don't care where the scale goes or how the scale goes, but if I can find strength and if I can find wellness and taking care of my body, then I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. The goal is not, the goal is not to lose weight. The goal here is to
1: take care of something that that needs my help because it's asking for it sure and to use different increments of success you know like truly when when we go on journeys like this we 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 set goals that people don't normally do because they're they make more sense you know of like I'll walk for 10 minutes like a, a minute goal versus a weight goal or versus a whatever you know or a repetitions goal only, and that's it, you know, and it it becomes a challenge with yourself, you know, like a desire within yourself to do something, you know, or times per week, you know, when we talk about, you know, something like that, you know, Hey, can, can, can I walk for 10 minutes two times a week? Yeah. It's very different than the like drop five pounds in two weeks. Like I'm like over it. It doesn't work for anybody. And when we're having those 10 minute walks, like how can we be so present in the moment that we're able to, from walk to walk, understand how quickly I've been breathing or not, you know, because I want to improve my breathing, right? Like that was something for me when I was running, I didn't really like running, but it was exercise I felt like I needed to do. So controlling my breathing was like the Zen of it, you know, and it was like a challenge for me of like, I want to be, You know, I want to get 10 minutes in and not be winded. So it was like that, that mindful breathing for those first 10 minutes. And it became a challenge. It was something that I looked forward to doing because I was winning something and it had nothing to do with weight. It had nothing to do with like, you know, it was just for me, that thought of that's good for my lungs, man. And that is achievable for me to help my lungs you know, or my heart's beating too fast. I need to slow down a little bit, but I want to be able to run at that pace and not have to slow down. So that's part of my goal. It's very body centered and not at all the shape of my body. It's, it's the feeling inside my body. It's what the organs are doing, you know, like how it feels, feel, feeling my calf muscles differently. You know, I want that feeling. I don't, care how big or small they are I want the feeling I want them to be strong I want to be able to push things with my legs (laughs) you know like just hold your there's so many things that we come up with where people you know like uh, so many things push your couch with your legs can you do it how how far can you push your couch with your legs and that (laughs) becomes a goal like who cares it's just about the strength (laughs) it helps and for those of you who
0: have been sedentary for a very long time, there are things out there for you can do that you can 100%. do. Leave me. There are, you can do seated cardio. You can get your heart rate up and use your lungs. And, and, and if that's, you know, your goal, you can do seated whatever's. It look on YouTube, there is tons of people. Uh, I'm going to name drop here um, because I have been following a person because I usually stalk a, a kind of a fitness <laughs> person before I believe in what they're doing um, because I want to see their mindset. I want to see who they are and what their mindset is.
1: Yeah, and sure.
0: Who, his name is Justice Augustine or Justice. Whew, I love the name Justice. of Justice. Justin, sorry. <laughs> okay. I <It's okay>. um, <laughs> can't get his real name because I'll, I'll screw it up if I don't. So it's in Reiki, Justin, Augustine, Justin, Augustine. Oh, so, um, his, he has, he, he does things that are a lot based on physical therapy
1: okay. he
0: has, and he has this, his, his sister was going through some sort of chemo treatment, um, So he created a gentle workout where it's for people who have nothing. They've done no movements for years. They're deconditioned. There's no strength. He takes you through a program. And they're really affordable. $19 for this course. It's a, it's a 30 day thing. You get it, you keep it for free. So you can use it longer than 30 days, but um, you, and it goes through and it builds your foundation of strength. So if you're a person who's not moved, For in forever, there's places for you to start. And this, and it's a very gentle beginner's course. It's just about basically like doing strengthening your knees, strengthening your ankles, strengthening your hips, making sure that you can stand up and sit down, building that sense of functional movement. So, Mm -hmm. building the foundation to step into his beginner course, which again has two different variations it's beginner but it's also, you can beginner beginner. There's another, like there's two levels to his beginner and he does, he he, even just go on his Instagram. You don't have to buy anything. Go on his Instagram. He has some major like workouts. I just saved one. That's like, if you've never done exercise before in your life, start here. And it, and it's just, so there's resources. So don't think because You're say like, I haven't done ever exercise ever, or maybe your, your, your body is struggling with chronic pain or that you can't move and walk for 10 minutes. Maybe you're struggling with that. Go seek these people where you sit and do exercise, because what's going to happen is, is you're going to begin to create muscle and it's going to help you be able to stable enough for you to be able to stand and, and stand period and live life like you know, I mean, I get tired in the kitchen, so I have a chair in the kitchen. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. That's not, I, I I don't want, I want to be at a place where I can stand and cook something and not be in pain or not be so tired that I don't want to finish my meal or even eat it because I'm exhausted. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. So my goals are to be able to be functional,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, in some ways. Mm-hmm. So It's just another avenue, just another thing, just another Mm -hmm. idea. And it sounds
1: like a perfect, so like, I love things like that because they sound like perfect things that you can do at random times of the day too, which are my favorites, right? Like I will, because again, I am, I am, I, I know that I like the results of exercise, but I really don't like setting aside times of the day for exercise. There's just something that I have against it. I I, I just work with my mind instead of trying to force my mind to go differently. I will at times do things while I'm watching TV, (laughs) right? Like, so I'll just be sitting on the couch watching hockey and I'll be like, you've got weights right there, you know? And because I can, you know, physically, I will do something with those weights, it can be 10 minutes, but I did something and I allow that to be good enough. And I feel great, like, hey, cause it was a random time of day, I was watching TV. I was being entertained. I didn't have to set aside the time and then be thinking the entire time about how shitty it was that I was exercising and when is it gonna be over, you know, kind of thing that sometimes happens with those. And this sounds like something like that, that if, you know, you're learning some of these movements you can be sitting on the couch, and do some of these movements while you're watching Netflix so yeah. that you're multitasking and continuing to move without it being a big friggin' event that makes you feel about
0: and, <laughs> and his gentle beginners course, which by the way, I'm going to sign up for, um, because I feel I need to start there because of the, just, just to make sure that I'm strong in my foundational core muscles, um, and it's only 15 minutes a day. It's just 15 minutes. So I can take my lunch, actually take my lunch and actually take a lunch from work and go into my living room. And for 15 minutes, just do some really easy movements to get my body to be stronger. And, and you know, and I can take that farther, you know, and, and once, you know, once I feel stable enough to move to the beginner, it's like, it doesn't take the one he has online on Instagram. I just found it was 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes, whenever you want to just 10 minutes. And it's just, like you said, you can be watching TV,
1: you can be doing whatever. And you just, you know, Once you learn the movements, right? Because like, like, I love to do yoga, but I don't always love to set aside 40 minutes to watch somebody do the yoga and then follow their yoga things. But I've done enough yoga now from doing that, that again, if I'm watching TV, I can tell myself, hit a few poses, get some stretching in, get some, you know, get some 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 strength stuff in because now you know enough poses you don't need to follow the routine you the routine was made up by somebody who knows the poses and just put poses together like you know what to do so you learn the routines and then you can use them anytime any it doesn't have to be the routine it's about learning the things and carrying them with you so that you can do it with the person or without them it gains empowerment too like I think that that is you know like that is some part of this that we haven't talked about yet about you know just kind of those those building on empowerment of as you get able and really celebrating those those increases and stuff like that and allowing that to be part of it but I love things like that 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 it's really like Yeah. 10 minutes a day. Sure. It may seem like, oh, I got to do my 10 minutes of whatever, but with the mindset of I'm learning something that I can use, I eventually won't have to set aside 10 minutes and make it a conscious thing. It will end up being part of my day. I can do this at any, like you said, at any 10 minutes and it doesn't have to be instruction video. It's literally, I took it inside and made it part of me.
0: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And so, yeah success, you know, Um, I, you know, if just to throw up some journal prompts for today's episode, you know, I think for me, I think the biggest prompt and Vanessa share what your thoughts are, but um, for me, the biggest prompt is, is to what, what, what is your motivating factor to do physical exercise, the physical movement, where, where, where is your motivation and to check it? And to really see if it's coming from a space of love and acceptance or compassion, or even like, um, you know, or is it coming from a space of fear or punishment or rejection?
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's super important. Cause I mean, we, we touched on it very many times in this, in this podcast about, if you're coming from that, that negative space, it's not, it's not attachment to the outcome. It's, it's, it's not connection. And we need connection we need to be doing connected work in order for it to be sustainable um yeah and i think i think it is important too to also um examine where you got your ideas about movement from <laughs> like what are the what is your programming around movement and its purpose in your life and um you know, kind of see where that goes. And I also think it is very important to write down the things that are fun, things that you have enjoyed when moving your body, whatever it is, whether it's dancing or frolicking or jump roping or, you know, bending in yoga or rolling down the hill and, you know, whatever it was, even if you can't do it now, something that that you know that your body has enjoyed doing as any kind of movement, not exercise, don't write exercises, that you write, <laughs> write down movements that you like. If yeah. it is running down the beach, if it is playing in the water, if it is swimming in the pool, if it, you know, all of those things, taking a walk in the woods, walking your dog, what things are enjoyable mo- things that your body is actually moving in shopping. Some people love shopping. It's walking, but it's shopping. We start there with, okay, you enjoy that. How do we start with something that you connect with already? Yeah. So we can build more connections. Yes.
0: We hope that's helped. We hope that's given you good insight and a different mindset to get into physical movement and to really open up and unpack what's there for you. And if you need help with unpacking it, or you have questions, please just reach out to us. We love you and stay tuned for next week's where we talk about the idea of movement and chronic illness, which is a whole nother ballgame. So we will talk to you next week and we love you. So take care, everybody. Yay, love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels.
1: We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us.
0: To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at freuds underscore angels
1: and on Facebook at freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center.
0: And always remember you are loved. You are worthy and the world needs your light.